Welcome to the Dear Mark Project podcast, brought to you by Bray Co. As marketing and advertising professionals, honesty and transparency need to be at the forefront for everything we do. However, with new emerging technology, creating materials that are both engaging and 100% transparent can be super tricky. The Dear Mark Project podcast produces weekly episodes on honesty and transparency as it relates to the advertising and marketing spaces. Our goal is to get Mark Zuckerberg and his social media empire to create an automatic hashtag filtered image tag that shows up on any post that uses a filter. It's a small action that we believe can create a world of a difference. Stay tuned on how you can support and enjoy the show. Arilda, thank you so much for joining us today. Hi, thank you so much for having me, Maria. Yeah, very excited to have you on here. So Arilda is the Director of Wellness Counseling Incorporated, um, but can you please give us a little bit more in your introduction of yourself? Sure. So as Maria just mentioned, my name is Arilda, and I'm a licensed and marriage family therapist in the state of Washington. And I do have my own practice here, and I am specialized in working with trauma and couples. Awesome. Well, yeah, so excited to have you on here again. Um, So we're going to be diving into specifically marriages and couples and how that directly relates to how we're seeing marriages and just general relationships portrayed in media and advertising and social media. Um, Because I know that our relationships, especially when it comes to a marriage, feels very different um, compared to how it's being portrayed. So yeah, very excited to get into with this today. Um, So can you please go over just like your practice in general and how you got into that and like specifically the people that you serve? Sure. Um, So my practice, gosh, started more than 10 years ago, but specifically my own individual uh, practice was probably back in 2016. And so I just wanted to do my own thing. Um, and also I, I love um, just supervising others because I'm also a clinical supervisor. So I help other people attain their, their licensure, independent licensure. And then that's something that I was able to do more so in my own practice. But as far as my specialties go, I, I actually started treating children and family first. But then somehow I just ventured into wanting to work more with the couples because I noticed that within working with families that um, it wasn't so much the the children with the with the problem it was the way the the parents were interacting with one another um, whether they were married or or no longer together so that's when I decided to specialize with couples and as far as trauma goes um, I just just like helping um, survivors of trauma. So it's just a passion, another passion that I have. Oh, that is so cool. I'm so happy that you're helping all those, you know, different people with um, their needs, just making them feel better, a better quality of life. Um, That's Mm -hmm. so fantastic. So what we're going to be getting into today is specifically with marriage and couples and relationships. So I just want to kind of start this off by asking you, with all the people that you've talked to, to you, what does a healthy and realistic marriage and relationship look like? Sure. So... From all the work that I've done with couples um, and talking to many other um, people as well, whether it's like my, my personal friends and or professional people that I have spoken to. So a real relationship or a real marriage is not perfect. So just to put it all in a nutshell. So we can't expect perfection in any relationship. Um, 
conflict conflict is normal you know if we don't have conflict it's like it makes life uninteresting right but it's how we deal with the conflict that can either be appropriate or not and so that is how how we either make a relationship work or not And so, yeah, I love that you brought that idea up of conflict, because especially like when we see things in media or advertisements, it's all about, oh, hey, we're having this super heated discussion. And I feel like we don't really get to see the actual like resolution or just like working through things. So can you go over, I mean, first off, what is a healthy amount of, you know, fighting or disagreements? Like what would you normally see in a healthy relationship when in regard to that? Yeah, I mean, so an example of that would be like we have our annoyances, right? So our our part, especially when we've been with our, our partners for a very long time, you know, we get annoyed, we get bothered. But some of these things we've just kind of learned to accept, right? They're the perpetual problems of the relationship. So a conflict does not become a problem until it gets gridlocked. So you're stuck and, you know, they're causing escalated conflicts where there's yelling and screaming, there's criticism, defensiveness going on, any contemptuous communication too is also going on. So that's when conflict becomes unhealthy and and toxic and could lead to a break in the relationship and or just uh, a partnership just being very unhappy and unsatisfying. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And so when we're in those moments of having a disagreement or having an argument with our significant other, what is kind of like the first thing that we should kind of start to work towards in, in terms of like resolving that conflict? Mm-hmm. Definitely, it would uh, first come with us emotionally regulating ourselves, right? So if we find ourselves um, very emotionally dysregulated, such as like we're just uh, with our heart racing, maybe we're perspiring a little bit, maybe we're noticing our our voices escalating into yelling, it's time to take a, a pause, right? Pause, take space, Resume. Don't don't ignore the the conflict, right? Or try to avoid it. Resume after 20 minutes, right? So research shows that after 20 minutes, take time to cool off and resume the conversation, right? Because if you're not emotionally regulated, that conversation is not going to be uh, productive at all. You two will be attacking one another and not hearing one another's perspectives. Oh, that is so important. Yeah, essentially just to take a chill pill for 20 minutes and then, you know, come back and, you know, try to work things out. Um, I know that some people that, you know, when they take that break, they still feel very heated and like they almost can't calm down. So can you just give a little bit of advice about how to calm yourself down without those 20 minutes? Um, certainly. I mean, sometimes it does take longer. I mean, the suggested amount is 20 minutes, right? But maybe it's a huge topic that... I mean, me being a trauma specialist, sometimes it goes beyond just what's happening in that moment, and it could um, trigger a trauma response for an individual. And so those moments will uh, take a little bit longer, and that's okay. It's just about the partner being understanding, you know, letting the partner know, right, communicating, hey, you know, like, I really can't resume this today. Can we just... um, put a pause to it till we can meet again at the end of the work week and we would have time already to one cool down but two have time to process what happened within ourselves as well okay 
Yeah, and so let's take, you know, someone that has been able to calm themselves down and now they're able to kind of talk rationally with their partner. Do you have like a um, certain like steps that we can take towards that actual conversation after the cool down? Or like, how would you go about that? It's a, it's all about the gentle startup, right? So what we initially didn't do, it, because we're heated, we want to start off that way, right? So that's a repair process. So it's not about waiting for one or the other to, to come again, right? But it's it's like just take the initiative if you feel ready um, don't let pride get in the way you know go say I are you ready to talk about it and just resume the conversation it's important to use I statements that's very commonly used in the mental health field right using I statements just entails you know letting the other person know what your thoughts and feelings are without blaming the other person and the other person is there just to listen and validate. So I think a lot of people, when they're they're listening to their partner, they they forget to validate, right? They they kind of just go into their own agenda and what they need. But it's important that not only the the other person gets heard, but that they feel understood as well, right? For the partner to be able to empathize and have some sort of compassion to the other person's perspective because if they're just stuck on their thing then that conversation is not going to go anywhere right so each partner needs to feel understood before any any solution or compromise takes place that makes a lot of sense. And I love that you brought up um, that compassion part. And there's an actual framework for that that's called the Compassionate Curiosity Framework. Um, but basically, it, it goes over the how to be compassionate is by being curious. It's about by asking, you know, hey, so you felt this way, you know, let me dig deeper into this and just asking a lot of really great questions to build that compassion. Um, so I know that, you know, especially when we're in a, uh, an argument or, you know, difference of opinions, um, that asking the right questions that aren't triggering to someone else can be a little bit tricky when we have those emotions. Um, so like, what are some good questions to ask your partner about feelings or about understanding the situation better? What are your thoughts on that? Mm -hmm. Yeah, sometimes it, it's hard, right? To gather your, your own, your own thoughts and, and really using appropriate language, right? To, um, to use with your communication. So I think some basic th things to ask is, you know, tell, asking your partner, you know, tell me more about um, the feeling that you just stated. So let's just say it's anger, right? So tell me more about that anger. And um, can you tell me more details about that? Um, or I'm, I like that you use the word curious, right? I'm curious to, to learn more about why this is impacting you the way it is. And, and just at, at the very end, asking your partner what it is that they need, because sometimes we feel at a loss, right? So they, your partner has told you everything that they were thinking and feeling and what led to it, but sometimes we might still be at a loss as to what your partner needs to feel better. So just simply asking, now can you please tell me what it is that you need? And a need is not necessarily an action, from the other person. It, a need can be, um, another example of that would be like they need safety or they need respect. They need to feel like they are a priority. So those are the needs. So second to that would be a request. So what can your partner do to make you, let's just use an example of uh, uh, that you're a priority. Please be home on time. And if you're not gonna be on time, 
then please let me know through text or a quick phone call. And so that, and then the partner can either say, yes, of course, I, I can try to do that. Or if they really have an issue with it, then they can share their thoughts and feelings in regards to that too. Wow. Oh, that is so powerful. I know that's going to help a lot of people. Um, yeah. So thank you so much for sharing that. And I'm super excited to get into kind of this media portion, right? Mm -hmm. um, so, you know, Dear Mark is all about making social media and advertisements more better to be represented people, making them feel better. Um, and, you know, marriages are no different. You know, we are humans and constantly comparing ourselves in every aspect, unfortunately. Um, I know we're all working towards that and getting better, but um, I just kind of want to build some strategies strategies and even just recognition um, for what we see in media in terms of the marriages. Um, so when, like when you're looking at TV or social media or advertisements, what sticks out to you that could be done better in those types of things? Yeah. So some things that come to my mind is, well, a few things, right? But one is marriage after children. Right. So a lot of what media depicts is that, you know, the the parents are doing fine. Right. They they usually don't depict the the lack of sleep. Right. And the dirty house, um, the mom not really being able to shower, um, the, the conflict. Right. It's a huge adjustment to have a baby. And so the they don't really depict how much conflict that can cause within a partnership how much isolation that also causes. Also, you know, the, the women uh, in a lot of these uh, portrayals also still has a great fit body, right? And so a lot of the time, I mean, yes, there's some people that are very fortunate to have um, those genes, but a lot of the times people do struggle with their, their self-image after having a baby. And so even like just in, in the media before children, right? So the portrayal is that a certain couple to be happy and satisfied, they need to look a certain way, right? Or be with a certain type of person. And each relationship is very unique. I mean, we're in a diverse world where where we come in all different shapes, sizes, colors, backgrounds. And so there's no right partnership. It's about if it works for you and where as an individual and where you come from. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that, that made me think about a quote that I just heard recently um, that said that if it is beneficial for you and your partner, that it's okay, even if you don't see that represented in other marriages. So what, what's your thought on that statement? If it, oh, that it works for one partner and not for another partner? Um, the, it, it might work in your partnership, oh. but like another partnership might say that doesn't work for me. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So what I have to say about that, that's, and so that's why it's so, um, I mean, you could, but it's important to not only seek advice from friends and families because they might have a relationship that's completely working and you try whatever they're trying and it just does not work for your relationship. And so... It's about, honestly, it's about talking to, to one another. That's the, what will lead to a more satisfying relationship if you get to know one another and what it is that you need within the relationship to make it better, right? So just comparing yourself to others is never healthy in any aspect, and, and it certainly isn't for, for evaluating your own, own um, partnership with your significant other. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, that makes sense. And I also want to talk to you about the mundaneness of a relationship. So, like, let's say that like you're out of that honeymoon phase. You know, you have a great relationship. You're not necessarily you know bickering or fighting all the time.、Um, My what I discovered in my relationship was about like eighty ninety percent. It's just mundane. Like it, it's not great. It's not bad. It's just like, hey, I love you, and you know, like you're you're my husband, you're my partner.、Um, so I don't see a lot of like the media or advertisements portraying the mundaneness of a marriage because it's you know, it's not like that you know sexy flirty type of stuff.、Um, but can you go over like I mean how important how just like normal it is like that mundaneness of a marriage.、Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, so it is very normal. I mean, especially when we get so used to one another, right? We we just get so comfortable, used to one another.、Um, yeah, it's neither. It's not like this. Exci- you don't feel. We're still, of course, excited to be with our partner, right? But we don't have that physical sensation that we did early on, right, in the honeymoon phase, where we get the butterflies and just get very anxious and excited to see one another. But then, you know, like as the love matures, it does evolve into something that's a, a little bit more. More calm and peaceful, right? Especially if the relationship is is good and and there's no issues per se. I mean, of course, life comes with issues, but you're able to work it out in a in a good,、um, healthy way. Yeah, I mean that's completely normal. I think I will add this though, since I've worked with a lot of couples that some people, even though their relationship might not have these. Huge arguments or fights or consist of any of like the criticism, defensiveness. They will report. They will come in because they are just bored, right? They they say you know there's nothing wrong with each other, but they want to find that passion and romance again with one another, right? Because they become more like it's sad, right? But they don't want to be room just roommates. They don't want to be just friends, but they come. To couples counseling because they want to be able to to reignite that feeling, even though they've been together for a, a long time. Maybe it's post children, and maybe children are older already. So that's what I also help couples achieve、um, again. Mm-hmm. Oh wow! Yeah, that's so interesting that you're you're seeing a lot of people come to you with that because, you know, I. I, I've never been to you know couples counseling, but I just I have the stereotype of there has to be a problem, you know, and that's definitely not the case. You know, I, I think that talking to someone that's a professional can help you realize you know how just connect with each other more,、um, just how how to have a bar- better marriage in general. So I love that so much,、um, and specifically you know talking again about the media portion, what would you like to see? More in the media in advertisements that would better represent married couples. Well, that's a good question. What would I like to see more of?、Um, I guess just the reality. I mean, because what media portrays, yes, there's、um, partnerships that certainly can be happy, right? But then also, like when they portray like fights or arguments, you know, it's like they don't show very.、Um, What really happens, right? Like they'll they'll show. Like I'm thinking, I don't know. Are you familiar with Full House? Remember that? I that love、show? it. <laughs> yes, great, a great show. I, I like that they have all these family members living in the household, but the way they they had conflicts, right? But the way that the 
the family was able to resolve the conflict was just so good, right? Like the, I almost, you almost wish like that was your own family. So the way I wish um, media portrayed uh, partnerships is like, well, like like the real thing. Like yes, there's people that are able to work it out in a very peaceful way, but then there's other like the more normal way like people get heated they they get stumped on words they talk over one another right even in a media when people are having an argument no one's talking over one another it's like usually one person gets to complete what they need to say then the other person goes and that's usually not what happens right so i mean i think media can portray that but then also portray what would be a healthy way to communicate with one another so that these arguments or conflicts don't get escalated and prevent them, I mean, try to prevent them from happening in the future. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I think a lot of, you know, advertising professionals and people are in the media, they say, hey, you know, we have to put this like super over-exaggerated, dramatized version of reality to make people stick around. And I love that you brought up Full House because I think that I, like everyone knows that, you know, and I think that's a, a family favorite. Um, and so just like if you have something that is like that where people can actually draw advice and um, how to have a realistic and happy, you know, family, um, that you remember that. And so, you know, whatever you're creating actually becomes a lot more memorable because now you're providing people with value. Um, yeah, so I'm so happy that you brought that up. And I would love to leave people with um, a little bit of like a challenge. So, you know, if there's someone that is married, um, that's listening to this podcast, um, what is maybe like one thing that you would encourage them to do in their marriage that might, you know, light up the spark or just, you know, um, make their marriage a little bit more happier, more fulfilled? Yeah. So, I mean, like you mentioned, sometimes like we, uh, couples don't come in because they don't have like problems, right? What they would describe or define as a problem. But sometimes a problem might be very um, not overt, right? So it's there. So it might be just that they are missing that spark. And so, I mean, it's important to find that reconnection by getting to know one another again. Sometimes we, we just get so distracted with life or children or just other stressors that we lose touch of one another. And so it's important that just partners go check in with one another, see what their new life dreams are for the partnership or individual dreams that one has for one another. Take time to get away, do something different different visit a couple's counselor even right it doesn't hurt just to talk you don't have to go in when problems are at their their worst or at their peak it's important to just check in and just talk out some problems that maybe you don't feel comfortable talking about like for example um one one heavy topic that's not spoken about that's not necessarily a big argument um is is when sex comes up sex and passion right so a lot of people don't bring up like if they would like more passion and intimacy because they don't want to bother their partner about it but that's just as important to be able to connect emotionally connect on an intimate level and emotional level it's very important to have in a relationship also having getaways right vacations um is good to reconnect get away from the normality of life um couples retreats so that's something I also started doing because I noticed uh, a big need with the couples that I, I work with. So I offer couples workshops locally, but people wanted to get away from 
being local, right? So that's why these these different retreats, especially to like tropical places or destinations, are also um, much needed, right? To just be able to escape. And so couples retreats with an emphasis on on a workshop for couples being offered because if you just go on vacation well yeah you're getting away from the reality but if you're really taking the time to reconnect well it, it depends right but i think uh, something with a couple's workshop integrated into the getaway would be of great value oh yeah that's a phenomenal idea and offering you know i know that that's something that you do a lot um yeah oh my gosh i love that so much and when you started talking about that, it also made me think about the continuing of dating someone that you're married with, you know, mm -hmm. because when you, when you're first dating, you go on all these new places, you know, you're, you're asking these really deep questions to get to know someone. And that doesn't stop when you get married, you know? So like you have to continue to do all these new things. So thank you so much for spending your time um, and for providing this advice. Can you please let people know how to get in touch with you? Um, and just what you have going on in your life. Sure. Um, well, my, if you just Google my name, Arilda, you'll you'll probably just find my website. But or if you Google Wellness Counseling Inc., um, you should also be able to find me. But I, if you do try to reach out, email is best. Um, I'm not too great with phone calls, so there you go. <laughs> Perfect. Yeah, we will have all that in the description below. And thank you again so much. All right. Well, thank you. Thanks for listening. To learn more about how to make social media a more honest and empowering place to be, follow us on Instagram at the Dear Mark Project and visit our website, dearmark.co. Stay tuned every week for a new episode. Thanks again for tuning in.